0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is the Fly the W670 podcast. It's episode 67 of season two, Cubs Splitsville in Cincy. And in this segment, Crawley interviews Alex Pat from Cubby's Crib to talk about the Cubs' recent offensive struggles.
0: Joining me now on the fly, the W Podcast, you read his work at Cubby's Crib, our good friend Alex Pat. Alex, how are you, buddy?
1: Uh, Doing okay. A little bummed about the last few nights, but other than that, things are good.
0: Yeah, you know, it's been a, a great run, and I think that, you know... You talked about recently, the last couple of games, the Cubs lost two heartbreakers in, ex- or in the ninth inning where they had the lead going in there, and everyone's like, oh, what's going with Leiter, the bum? What's going on with uh, Al But, you know, you wrote an article at cubbiescrib.com that kind of had me, that I'm like, yes, Alex is on this. It's not, you know, should the bullpen shut them down and do their job? Yes. But when you give the opposing team, when you have no margin for error for your bullpen, those things are going to happen.
1: Yep. And yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) I'm looking at your, what you wrote, you wrote a really good article about several Chicago Cubs hitters looking to bust big slumps. When did you kind of get that feeling that, wait a second, there's a problem with the hitting, not the bullpen.
1: Well, you know, when you look at Friday night's game and you had the early opportunity to score because the Reds pitcher, he had no command whatsoever of the strike zone. And Coming up are some of your key guys, one of them being Dansby Swanson, and he took a called third strike right down the middle. And I feel like Dansby Swanson's slump has been kind of publicized more than everybody else's. But then you start to look and you say, okay, you know, the offense has been kind of cold more than hot over the past few weeks. And then you start looking at the numbers and you realize you know, Mike Talkman's been slumping a bit, which you know we people have talked about that a little bit. But then you realize, man, you know, Amaya is slumping, and you have Morrell, who you know, outside that heroic home run against the White Sox, he's had his struggles too. And then it kind of clicks. You're like, you know, half these guys that are getting semi regular to regular time, including your biggest free agent signing. I mean, they're they're really in a pickle. And it's not like, oh, they're hitting, you know, 240 over the past month. I mean, they're hitting below 200 over the past month, some of these guys. And you're just – you're not getting that same production. I, and, I mean, think about it. How many of these games have you looked at where, like, these are these RBIs, it's all from, like, Cody Bellinger. You know, one man can't do it all. Right. I was talking
0: uh, to Mark Willard in, in, in the – in uh, and, you know, he's from San Francisco. And I was looking, I said, Cubs have scored 15 RBIs in the last seven days. Eleven of them have come from Cody Bellinger and Ian Happ, who always destroys the Reds. Mm-hmm. But you know, you mentioned Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson is the big free agent uh, signing that the Cubs made, and 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 he's been known to be a streaky uh, hitter. But but yep. but but Alex, right now at this time, you were talking about the numbers. W- what is Dansby slashing when you take a look at this recently in the last twenty five games?
1: So when you look at the numbers, and you know, we're gonna go back here to like. Um, 25 games. Okay, I mean, that's a pretty good number. We're talking about a slash of 165, 252, 286. And he's got three home runs, two doubles, 27 strikeouts. Now, what I notice about those 27 strikeouts is, you probably noticed this too, he's missed some really hittable pitches. And then there are times where he's on it, he stings it, but like it either goes just foul or it lands in a mitt. So, You're seeing a combination of him missing hittable pitches just flat out, or just not really getting any luck. Whether it's a game of inches or it's they're just not falling. So you know it's one of those things where you say, "Listen, we know Dansby Swanson is a streaky hitter. You just alluded to that, but you know you're at a point where you kind of need your big boppers to do their thing and. I do think Dansby will get out of this. I feel like he just needs one of those games where he gets multiple hits and that kind of just maybe just brings him back into it because we know how good of a fastball hitter he is. And I believe it was Friday's – the first game of the doubleheader, I went back and watched the tape, and there was this one at bat where he had multiple just cookies right down the middle and he was just fouling them off. And then he struck out on a hanging breaking ball – in April, that hanging breaking ball is going into the upper deck at Great American Ballpark. So you just hope he works out of it. I mean, this this is an essential bat right here. You know, you can talk about depth guys, platoon guys, whatever, but this is one of your regulars. This is the one that you really want to see heat up.
0: Right, and you're talking about a guy that's sometimes batting second or fifth or even sixth in the lineup. You're not talking about an eight or nine hitter. This is a right. guy that you need production from. Now, another guy that you you met that you haven't mentioned, I don't think just yet, but he was a guy, the former Cub, big trade pickup, you know, and, all, and he just came out out of the gate like a racehorse is Heimer yep. Candelario. And again, looking at the last 20 games, another. So this is kind of overlapping with Dansby Swanson as far as what Heimer doing. You know, you, you kind of wrote about that when, you know, he was hitting 483 for a little while when he came back and now the other direction.
1: Yeah, and I feel like you see some of the swings he takes against the sliders, you know, hard-breaking balls, and he's just getting completely fooled by them. And, you know, we knew that he wasn't going to be maintaining a 400-plus batting average for as long as he is, and, you know, it was nice to see him hit a home run on Saturday night because the good thing about him is that even though the overall slash doesn't look great over the past month, he has hit some timely home runs. He hit that one in Pittsburgh last week. Um, I know they didn't win the game, but he hit one last night. So, you know, it's with, with Candelario, he's the kind of guy where he's like, you know what? He's been very productive this year, especially in the power department. There's probably going to be some dips and highs and there had to be some sort of like a high for him coming back to the Cubs. Like, ultra focused, just really into it. And then things just kind of tail off a little bit. So at least with him is like, okay, listen, he's down in the order. Like we mentioned, Dansby Swanson, he's middle of the order where Candelario's down in the order. And you say, listen, if you can just get decent production from him, you don't need him to hit 300 plus the rest of the year. But if, if you can get, you know, decent power, decent on base from him going forward, then you take that because you brought him in to kind of bolster things, solidify things, but not be your main guy.
0: Right. And, 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 you know, uh, one guy that, it drives me nuts because he, Alex, you know how people can kind of go on these tangents, how everyone said, why didn't Christopher Morel start the season with the Cubs is because the guy was working on some things and, mm-hmm. and everybody acts like this guy is, is, is the next, you know, coming of, of Ted Williams or, or, you know, or Manny Rodriguez or something, but he still has issues. And, and, and again, looking now since August 1st, you know, he's slashing 152, 221, 317 with 31 strikeouts. Yeah. Alex, that is, that's un- unsustainable.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, as I mentioned in my article, you know, 24 years old, his second year in the big leagues, you kind of get some of those Javi Baez vibes sometime with the way he goes up there and you know i was saying this earlier and in the article too um earlier in the season when he was more locked in i feel like he did a better job of laying off some of those pitches that last year he would have just been chasing and then i think when things get in his head a little bit when things kind of you know when things don't go as well you see pressing a little bit and, you know, you see teams, they go high with the fastball or slider down and away. And, you know, this, I feel like there's just going to be a reality that Morrell is going to be this type of player. He's going to have his stretches where he's red hot. He's going to have his stretches where he's ice cold. It's just, I feel like as valuable as he is, you know, consistency is going to be one of those, not only growing pains, but just kind of part of his game in general and I always kind of keep reminding myself he's still pretty new to this and you know you mentioned him not coming up at the beginning of the regular season I'm kind of with you because we knew there were things he had to work on I mean that was obvious last year it was kind of the same thing he came up red hot absolutely red hot then the adjustments came and then you saw some of the struggles so we all knew there were things he had to work on and If he were to come up right away, I don't know if he'd be putting up exactly the numbers that he's putting up now. I I can't say that for sure. I do think there is something to be said about him working on a few things in Iowa to start the season, but, you know, either way, you're going to kind of get this streakiness from him.
0: Now, you know, you released this article about the Cubs hitters on September 2nd, and it was on the first that they call up Alexander Canario. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying to myself, okay, this is a power hitter, right-handed bat, you know, you didn't have to play, you know, you could easily have played him in DH rather than sure. Uh, Morel the other night. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that they didn't play him as a guy who's hot, who's seen the pitcher yesterday on Saturday uh, in the
1: minor leagues? I mean, I don't know if it's fair to ask you, but do you have any theories on that? It's, it's kind of head scratching. I understand not playing him every single game. I, I totally get that. There are certain matchups where you could say, okay, We want it this way, but you felt like the one time where you had a lefty on the mound, that was more than perfect for him to get a first taste of the big leagues. And hey, listen, you look at the history of Cubs debuts at Great American Ballpark. You remember Starling Castro and Jorge Soler? They homered in their first at-bats there. If you want a good place to have an MLB debut as a hitter, Cincinnati is not a bad one to go to. I mean, it's, it's a hitter's ballpark. The matchup was perfect. it it didn't make sense to me that he didn't get a single start. Even if you just would have gotten the one. Okay. You know, again, I don't expect him to be every day, every at-bat. I mean, he didn't even get a chance on Saturday night to even pinch hit. You know, there there were opportunities outside of just starting. That one, I, I just don't agree with the front offices thinking where you sit in the dugout and you sit in the clubhouse and you get the vibe. You know how you develop? By playing. By seeing pitching, by taking swings, getting actual game time experience, you can listen to all the rah-rah stuff all you want. You just gotta play. And like I said, if you would have just started in one of these four games, okay, fine. It, the fact that you started in none of them, I, I, I just can't agree with that.
0: It's, it's a head-scratching move. And then, and then you know, you talk about rah-rah. Cub fans everywhere were rah-rah for Mr. Mike Talkman. You know saving you know clutch hits you know saving uh, stealing home runs from the cardinals a guy that when he kind of came started to solidify how the order looked but again we're talking over the last 16 20 games 15 20 25 games talkman has been hurting
1: yeah yeah and you know i think with talkman the way i see it is you've gotten more value out of him than i would have ever suspected going to this season i mean this was a guy that didn't even come out of spring training i, I thought he should have, but still, you know, he didn't come up until after opening day and you think, okay, you know, this is just kind of a depth guy. You know, you think of guys you've had in the past, whether it was like Sergio Contra or even like Miles Mastroboni this year, you kind of saw it in a similar fashion, but he's proven more valuable than I could have imagined. And it just, it felt like there was going to be an inevitable cool spot. I mean, this is a guy who in his career has bounced around and has served as a fourth, fifth outfielder. You know, this was never an everyday guy. So I think playing him regularly when the iron was hot, strike when the iron was hot, was a good thing. But I do think there was a reality that you were going to hit a slumping point at some point. He gives you professional at-bats his career obp is like 338 it's pretty good but you're you're not going to get a guy who's going to be regularly hitting the ball and hitting home runs you're going to have some peaks and valleys and you know he he is a valuable depth piece but you know when time goes on and slumps hit, then, you know, maybe sometimes you have to make some adjustments. The nice thing is today he's looked good so far, but you know, overall he's kind of hit that wall, but you hope he can kind of work his way out of it and continue being a valuable depth piece,
0: right? Uh, depth piece, not an everyday player, which he he kind of has been kind of forced into that issue. Mm-hmm. And you got to wonder, well, I don't know. I wonder at least is you know, is PCA going to come up? Are you going to give Talkman more of that? kind of regular role that he's used to, but who knows? Maybe they'll call up PCA and not play him at all like they did with uh, Canario. Who knows? One last, I'm just getting bitter now. um one <laughs> last guy, Alex, that you have on here is a guy that I was looking forward to seeing. And then you ended up seeing that he, you know, when they, when they cut Tucker Barnhart, you're like, okay, Miguel Amaya is going to get some of these at bats here. And, 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 and like you wrote in the article, boom, rookie wall.
1: Yeah. I mean, this right here for me, I just think is growing pains as a rookie. You know, you, you start off pretty good. You saw him spray the ball around. You saw him taking some walks. He's been getting hit quite a bit, which kind of stinks, but uh, you know, I still think that you look at some of the at-bats he has and you say, okay, you just kind of see the adjustments that need to be made. Pitchers are adjusting. He needs to adjust. You know, this is one thing where I'm just thinking, you know, listen, just keep building yourself because You know, you you cut a veteran catcher, which I think was absolutely the right move. But, you know, when you have a rookie like this, you're going to have to expect growing pains. And I, I just think that's what we're seeing right now. And you know what, next year, he's going to have that opportunity to take the next step. And, you know, obviously you hope he ends this year on a good note, but from an offensive and defensive perspective, as a young catcher, these are just kind of the things you go through and, um, you know, I think we all had to expect that at some point. Right. And, and so right
0: now, Alex, like I said, you know, they're, they're playing the Cardinals or I'm sorry, the Reds right now. And uh, boy, oh boy, Jamison Taillon's just uh, throwing some BP right out there. So if, if, if the Cubs offense is going to turn it around, now's the day. Alex, I appreciate you jumping on. Where can our listeners go to find more of your articles, which I always think have a lot of great content.
1: Well, thank you for having me. Uh, you could check out CubbiesCrib.com. Um, on Twitter, I'm shyfanpat2. So sometimes I post, well, really all the time, I post the articles I write there. So if you want to look at it there, uh, also be sure to check out the Bill Swirsky Sports Talk Chicago podcast. We talk all Chicago sports teams, bears season's coming up for, for all Bears fans that are out there. Come listen to us, we'll be talking, recapping every game of the season. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for having me. So be sure to check out Cubby's Crib. We got a lot of good writers over there a lot of good content so be sure to check it out
0: thanks for jumping on Alex appreciate it and you enjoy the rest of the holiday and hopefully the Cubs will turn this one around absolutely thank you